So gaming will essentially go to that for everything. So everything from your, your platformers to your first person shooters, to your RPGs will be laden with loot boxes, skins and, and microtransactions. Cause that's the only way to actually make yeah. money when you're doing, you know, nothing but free to play or uh subscription based. That's what uh, frustrated me so much gaming. about smash brothers. It's like you want all the characters, you have to pay $120 recording oh, in progress. All of them in that, yeah. Yeah. All right, like, give me think... a complete game, Nintendo. Jesus. They did give you a complete game. They gave you a billion characters in that before the extra, what, 25 that they added. They had like 80 characters. Give you a... Fuck off, Nick. They give gave you a really me. good game. <laughs> it was a really good game. It had so much content. Dozens the game of works. Hours of it's content. just like, no, I it hate doesn't Nintendo work. for that. The game's amazing. I said it does work. But Nintendo but... doesn't do that normally. Nintendo usually is like late to the DLC game. Yeah, I hate. I mean, DLC should always be free. Also, in my opinion, I disagree. Depends. I mean, on I come is. from the days of uh, expansion packs for PC gaming, so I've always looked at DLC oh, as same. just that an expansion pack. So I don't mind it. Like so Starcraft much. was the first game to have that expansion pack. I just don't Starcraft. Yeah, I just don't like it when when DLC is like a day zero thing, <laughs> and it's it's costing sure. so much extra money. Like especially when yeah, that I don't that I don't care for. Well, guys, well, I know Xenoblade does really good DLC. Like, like I know, um, Torna, that was like a fucking separate game. Really? For Xenoblade Chronicles 2. That's cool. Um, I am showing my face today. Hello, everyone out there on Breaking Geek World to keep the, uh, this window open, uh, for Jonesy <laughs> if he does show up late. So, uh, uh, who's running this today? I'll, I'll run the show. I'll run the show. Thank and God. So, Nick, <laughs> really quick, what are you going to want to do for Picard if... We'll Jones put it last. Do you want to skip it or do you want to just do it last? We'll put do it last and I'll say something okay. solo. Okay. And if well, I have to go to work, okay. we'll just cut it. Yeah, I got I got this stuff. <laughs> we already recorded. Stuff. You already dropped an, an F bomb, but it's all right. It was well, well beyond eight seconds. It was in the middle of our uh riveting discussion about gaming. All right, guys. It's Jonesy uh, pulling a nick. It's all on you. Mean? Jonesy pull. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the flagship and international podcast of LRMOnline.com and, and the Genreverse Podcast Network and also the Premier Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jammer, joined as always, as usual, as most times, with Nick Dahl. Hi, Nick. Hello. Joined by Nick Dahl, not with Nick Dahl. That's just weird. Joined um, with right Nick now, Dahl. Sign we currently. Twins. We currently have Kyle Malone sort of guest spotting in. What's up, Kyle? Thank you for What's producing up? and for hopping on to fill the Jonesy void, as it were. Hopefully it sounds, you know, appropriately creepy. And uh, hopefully <laughs> Jonesy will be able to fill Still his own void soon enough if he happens to show up a little bit late, which, you know, we don't know. We don't know funny. what's going to happen. It's funny you mentioned filling holes, given the movie. You're, oh, yeah, you're given the movie. Review. Lots of holes. Lots of holes. <laughs> It's no, so the guy with the seven holes. Before we talk, so seven holes. The eyes don't count. Is that? That's not I hole. guess because they actually have something sitting in them at the yeah. at the moment. Okay, because yeah, when you're, he's, I, I thought that was really funny. You're, you're We're already opening and yeah, already digging into Quantumania, which we will talk about in a second. But I just thought that was really uh, I thought it was funny when he paused. He was just like to count, counting it himself. I had to do the same thing. Yeah, that's thing. right. Yep, I'm happy <laughs> they did that because I was basically able to. I think everyone in the theater was doing that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so today we have Quantum Manium to discuss, which is great. We have a little controversial topic in the form of Hogwarts Legacy, the game that everyone loves talking about, the game that love everyone loves to hate to talk about, and everything else in between. So that's uh, that'll be a good time. You know, it's that's not a, a what's it called a garbage disposal that we're sticking our hands down, but. It's an interesting topic. I think there is a lot of nuance there for sure. And it uh, looks like, oh, Nick is having an existential crisis looking at his hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and hop into, well, afterwards we'll talk about Picard, because Star Trek apparently is a thing um, that is really good, or maybe, I don't know. You'll have, we'll have to wait and see what you think about Star Trek Picard. Um, the third season, the third and final season of Star Trek Picard is happening. So yeah. But before we jump into that, let's go ahead and talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is the latest, the 31st movie 
in the project. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sorry, is it the 31st Project or movie? Is project. it Project? 31st so. Project, is which uh, Kevin Feige said I don't know. I'm looking. was fitting because 31 Flavors, Baskin Robbins. Oh, snap. Everything always comes back to Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins always finds out. And I, for one, was quite happy with the amount of Baskin Robbins representation in Quantum Mania. Um, but interesting film, to say the least, not just in terms of the movie itself, but in terms of reception. 31 As movies. Of, holy crap. Oh, it is 31 movies. movies? It is. 30, guys, we like freaking phase four alone had one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven. Seven for phase phase four. So yeah, we're at that's not now. ridiculous. That's not an obtuse, the crazy obtuse. That's not a crazy amount because um oh how big three was three yeah, had the most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three had what 13? But it just it doesn't feel like it because unlike the uh the, shows. the past phases, well the shows as as well, but unlike the past phases, I've not watched a single phase four film more than once. Yeah, I will say Phase so, 4 is a first for me on that one as well. It doesn't uh, feel I watched like Wakanda a... Forever again. Wakanda Forever was actually good. I liked watching it better the second time than I did mm. the first time. That one held up better than I thought it would. But let's talk about Quantumania. Speaking of quality or whatever, uh, reception, Ant-Man and the Wasp, 48% on Rotten Tomatoes as of this writing, which, if I'm not mistaken, puts it well below The Eternals. Uh, which I believe was 55%. You know, Kyle, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but regardless, that is, is an not... score yet? Yes, I will tell you yet in a second. Okay, good. Um, that is not fantastic. Uh, it currently, I type in um, the Eternals and then it doesn't show up. Oh. I think it's just called Eternals without a the. Yeah. They, they, they were pulling the Facebook. Up, yeah, that's, I mean, freaking... The Facebook. Uh... 47. They have a 47. Oh, 47. And so really encroaching then on Ant-Man has Eternals 48 territory. right now. 48%. So that's that's not great, but it does have an 84% rating. What is the, what is the audience rating for Eternals? Uh, close out would the make me go you? back. <laughs> that one's lower than Ant-Man's for so 84%. So overall, as of right now, based on a thousand plus verified reviews, Ant-Man and the Wasp 77. does seem to be more of a crowd pleaser. Take from that what you will, but the critic consensus is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, mostly lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier adventures, but Jonathan Majors' Kang is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the MCU. Nicholas Dahl, what are your thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? Give me a tweet, and I'll give a tweet, and for the fuck of it, or, Kyle, you can give us a tweet <laughs> response, and then we'll jump into uh, spoilers. I thought it was a lot of fun. A really good start to phase five. Um, and oh, it's hard to do a tweet. Now I've tweeted like five times just by saying so the tweet comments. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought I disagreed with the critics very much. So unlike Eternals and I'm excited to see it again. And I'm excited to see where the franchise goes. And it had all the, it felt like both, an Ant-Man sequel and the start of a new chapter. What about you, Kyle? What are your tweet thoughts? Twats? No, nope, that's wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is better than ninety-nine percent of Phase Four. It is not without uh, some issues, including pacing. I give it a uh, a B. Oh yeah, that's good. I think rating. we're we're lar largely we're largely in uh, an agreement on a lot of things. I think it sounds like we all believe this movie to be better than what the critics are stating, um, mm. but not a perfect film. And I, I'm on the same level. So my quote unquote tweet is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a fun adventure, sci-fi adventure story that I didn't know I wanted continues Marvel's trends of having different genres for each movie, but not without specific thematic flaws. Uh, I think I give it a B. Um, and this is one that I want to also check out multiple times. It certainly is, I think, better than most of Phase 4. I think I like Black Widow and Shang-Chi better. Well, no. I think I like Black Widow better. But Shang-Chi, is uh, I think, had, has a weak third act that made me 
less likely to revisit it or at least watch it in a whole. I've, I've rewatched a lot of Shang-Chi, but usually kind of peter off at the third act, kind of get mm. kind of bored with it. Um, Black Widow, I've watched a couple of times and I enjoy that movie still. Um, But I think this is, yeah, this is one of the stronger ones. So let's go ahead and jump into spoilers. Nick give his grade, did you, Nick? Well, I kind of threw it in. A minus. It was a oh, B plus okay. until certain characters Should showed up. Should have stayed a B plus. <laughs> oh, certain characters showed up. Okay, well, let's go ahead and hop into spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Nicholas Dahl, I want to hear what character ruined this for you. No, the grade went up when characters showed up. Oh, you said it was a B for, plus. A B plus, two okay. and A minus. Okay, so when, uh, what character made it better? Two, Kang and Modok. Modok stole the show. I mean, Kang is obviously the best part of that movie. Well, we but... knew Kang was coming. Well, I guess everyone knew Modok too. Yeah, but just, was... I didn't realize he would be that entertaining or in it for as long as he was. Or, you know, as relevant as he was to the first movie. Like, to have Corey Stolk stole come back as uh, Darren Cross. It was if you're like, really Darren, weird. call me Modok. It was really weird. Uh, it was so, it was really gross. Like, they I really like his little body without the suit. Out. Yeah, that was gross. You felt really bad for him, though, by the end of it. But also, you're still laughing at him. So it was this weird dynamic <laughs> they had where it's like they made it sad that he was dying, but also not really that sad. Um, but yeah, he was just a broken man, and he, he died we in were like brothers. Yeah, I love that. That was my favorite. Like, at first, I thought it was cheesy that uh, yeah, he would come back and not cheesy. be a dick. No, but then it was suddenly funny. You know, he rushes in to save everyone just because of a not a dick speech. But then he's like, at least I died in Avenger. We were like brothers, Scott. It's like, I'm like, did he know Scott for like more than, I don't know, a day? And he hated them the entire time. Yeah, I don't, he didn't know him very much. It's so sad. Um, What are your thoughts about? So actually, let me just go ahead and talk to me really quick about my main issue with the story. I think it had some really good setups that didn't pay off as well. One thing I really enjoy and I think people don't like about the MCU as much as I do is that each movie tends to bring about a new arc for the character. You know, these aren't characters that have a single arc over the many movies. They are characters that literally every movie have another arc. I don't know. Thor, um, at least through through uh, Endgame, his was was pretty much a solid arc through. You have the petulant little man baby in Thor one, then he goes into Thor two, and he's got a little bit more of a of a maturity, but he still has no idea like how to be a, a leader or who he wants to to be and things like that. He has his his uh uh family and everything ripped apart in in Ragnarok all while you have the Avengers films and he gets the uh uh influence from humans and and a bit of humi- humanity to come with that hu- humility and it all leads up to you know the the I'm still worthy moment in Endgame. I think honestly not, I think Thor had one of the arts. best best no it's 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 my, my point say, is this is okay, how movie, a longer arc. Yeah. Yes there is a long overarching arching arc but it's made up of small arcs you mentioned in between yeah man child yeah. thing then this is the arc of this movie then this is the arc of this movie and then they even sometimes have arcs that kind of contradict what came before a bit and like that's okay because le- leveling up isn't binary <laughs> um as we learned with you know star wars the last jedi uh sorry go <laughs> ahead kyle go ahead continue i interrupted you uh no i don't remember where you interrupted me sorry you mentioned something awful the sequel trilogy so <laughs> What At was I talking I about? <laughs> you were talking about uh, his Marvel. arc leading up to I'm Still oh, Worthy. No, no, yeah, I, I was just saying that I, I felt that that was, yeah, there's little mini arcs that make it up, but it's all still feeding one uh, real big one, unlike other characters whose arcs really were kind of individual because it, it, they were already who and what they were supposed to, to be. Mm. So... Anyways, I like that each amp, yeah, man, each usually film has a separate arc for the character to overcome. Spider-Man Homecoming, the first one, he has to learn that I could be my friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Spider-Man Far From Home, he learns that. The fuck does he learn in that one? I don't know what he learns in that one, but he learns something else and he becomes a certain thing. And then third one, they're each, each movie is supposed to stand alone with its character arc. And they generally do a pretty good job of making that a thing. And I liked what they set up 
with Scott Lang in this one where he saved the world. He saved the universe or helped save the universe and was like, hey, I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to live my life. There's nothing wrong with that. And I agree, but the arc they could have done is that they set up was there's still people and things out there that need fighting for. And they made it more about his daughter. So there are points where he was fighting constantly for his daughter, which is great, but based on the way they set up the arc, it should have been more about, yes, fighting for my daughter is important, but this is important too. I am an Avenger. I should be fighting for this. I feel like that's where they were leading. They didn't lead in. They didn't actually follow through with it that much. Yes, he ended up saving them, but only honestly to save his daughter and his family, not actually to save the people or fight for who needed help. So they had and moments like that I throughout. There's a lot I do for my, my son that I'm not going to put effort in for I get else, it, but so. I'm just saying the arc that they set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, what do you think, Nick? Did you, that bother, did you notice that and did that bother you? No, I think it paid off. I think, well, she, he did start doing that. In fact, at a certain point, he was like, well, I'm going to, like, if, if he didn't change his arc, he would have been like, all right, here's the orb, King. Take us home. Like, he gave him the orb. He basically was going to give him the orb. He did, but then he fought, even though he didn't have Cassie back, he started fighting. I don't know. It felt like it's he did have the because he arc. didn't have Cassie back that he fought. Because he said, literally was yelling about you. We had a deal. Where's my daughter? Or something. Like, so that... I don't know. I felt it was still there, but you're you're right. It is a lot about Cassie. But even from like the first scene that he fights, he's doing it for more than just. They could have taken off from that village earlier, but they they go back. I just don't think it was driven home enough as okay. an arc from point A to point B, and I think that would have made it thematically stronger. Which is my biggest problem with it is that thematic arc isn't clear. Um, I don't know, Kyle. Do you agree with me on that? Uh, somewhat the movie's bogged down by trying to, uh, especially in the first half, be exposition heavy to set up this, this, you know, villain that we're going to be having hopefully through the rest of, of, uh, uh, phase five and into phase six. Um, and that's part of where like some of the pacing issues come in at, uh, and then at the end of the day, you still need some sort of, of you know, showdown and, and resolution, which we, we get. Do you remember if they say uh, there in the post credits, did they say uh, they destroy or they defeated the one we exiled or they killed the one they we exiled? They said killed. They did say they killed. Said he, okay, they said he's dead. I'm not convinced he's dead because he basically Darren crossed it. That's what it <laughs> seems seems yeah, like. I, and, I watched... and I was sorry, I was going to say that. Uh, and I said this on our Marvel Mo- uh, Multiverse Mayhem review with Nick. Um, that it's, it's kind of, I see what they're doing with the whole Kang dynasty now versus, you know, the conqueror being the, the guy at the head of the dynasty, but that's two times we've had to see a, a Kang that's not the Kang. And I kind of wanted the, the conqueror to be the Kang cause he's the one on the mission. I get what they're doing. I don't necessarily like it. It's still early, but. You know, well, here's what I that was one of the issues too. So that that is a question I have, and I'll lead into. I'll ask that question first, then lead into my main theory, I guess. The fact that this was Kang the Conqueror mm-hmm. defeated defeated by effing Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man. How did that feel? Yeah. Didn't bother me at all because I didn't he's without he's without his time traveling powers completely. He can't even like stop time to fight them because he's in a place without time. I did feel like there was an inconsistency in he his He can't abilities, even do like though. the jumping around which in he his would abilities, normally do. Though, well, he was able to do like a lot of really powerful things. He was but able to freeze related. He was able to freeze Janet randomly. Mm-hmm. Never use that ability again. Um and just other things like that that it seemed like oh, they built him up as this thing and he had these abilities, but then when it time to actually came actually came to use it he was kind of nerfed so that Ant-Man could take him down. Did you feel that at all, Kyle or Nick? Yeah, partially. And that was one of those things that I was really, because I knew a lot about this movie going in. This was actually one that didn't have anything that surprised me. Unlike uh, the last few have had, you know, one or two scenes that I was like, oh, I, I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, man. And, and even still, even with the amount of, of Kang that we got, we still, 
we still have not really like we didn't even tie anything from phase four. Something that I didn't think would be a good idea, but I I would accept simply so phase four felt somewhat connected was to show Kang's technology being, you know, the gauntlets or the ten rings, being involved in some of the MacGuffins from from mm. phase four. We didn't even get anything like that. So this feels like something that is only carrying things forward because we know Kang is a big deal in the in the future. It doesn't necessarily feel like um something carrying something forward the way, you know, phase three movies really felt. But it was still overall fine. But it, it was a question with what is Kang gonna you know, if if they can defeat this Kang super easily, how does that affect the future? And it's well, they're gonna get all the Kangs. It'll be it'll be all the Kang. That's the threat. I think so. it ultimately will be the conqueror because I hope so. he, did, he didn't die. I like the, but they were like, Oh, we we wrote the Council of Kang is here and we're gonna I discuss so. I don't know what the heck they're gonna discuss, but they're gonna discuss some stuff. Killing and heroes then at some point the conqueror will return and basically probably be the thing that like, you know, brings about maybe the destruction of all of them or something or whatever. So well, I, I think saw, he will come back. I saw a good screen rant video after I got home. First of all, I wasn't convinced last night when Kyle, and I did the review that uh we needed the same Kang to come back. But then the screen rant guy gave the best theory where he's like, yeah, Kang could have survived that Darren Cross style and it would have yeah. made him no longer a threat. To the Council of Council of Kings, if it looked like he was dead, and just made an escape. What if this is the what if the what if the Conqueror becomes the Beyonder? That's my theory. Oh, I think so. Oh, I also think like and apparently in the comics too, uh, Pr Prime Kang, as they call him, infiltrates the Council of Kings. And the guy's theory was maybe he's already even there. He killed another Kang, and he's already there, and he's the one who kills the entire Council. Could be. Because he's like, I'm the real king. Kind of like his. They already said his plot was. He's like, screw yeah. all of you guys. You're all dead. Now I'm gonna go kill the Avengers. Yeah. But I, I really I do, do think I, I understand that his powers seem inconsistent, and he used a lot of them. But I still think that's it's a place without time. So he, in the comics and even the TV shows and stuff, his biggest threat is that he can, you know, do what he who remains did and just kind of jump around or stop time when the Avengers can't move. And here he doesn't have his time powers. Except for when he freezes Janet. Yeah. Well, isn't that the he same power like he he's using when technology he technology thing, maybe force fields or something? I don't I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I felt I felt that was like when he was just, you know, like lifting Cassie or uh, oh, that's a good point. But he didn't use it in the um, actual battle. Scott Lang. No, but uh, no, I think you know, part of the reason he was gonna kill everyone until the, the giant ants showed up. Like, oh, those giant they were on the ropes. They who, should, who? Those were really fun. I, and I love the time. I loved it when they revealed the ants have like lived and created a whole entire civilization. A thousand I years. laughed so hard. It was so funny and I loved it. Every second of it. Who didn't want yeah. or who was else was up, upset that uh, Michael Douglas's Hank didn't have an I am Ant-Man moment because he uses the ants more than anyone else. He was the he's, original. He's the only one who does in this movie. I really wish they, because I, I expected him to to say something and they didn't I have it. It's a miss. Man. It's a missed. There was that moment when he was commanding and walked in. It looked like he was about to have a one-liner. I guarantee yes! you, yes! they had they had uh, takes where he had some sort of say thing like that, and they decided to cut it. Um, maybe they thought it was too cheesy. Maybe, but. But I, I, I almost wanted it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it like yeah. a re a return to the heyday of of heroing. You know, for him. Yeah. Commanding an army of of ants. This time, literally an army of ants. <laughs> I do appreciate how much they've still managed to incorporate him into the story of the Ant Man's uh, movies. Like he's still very important. Like the way they've been able to juggle literally two generations of Ant Man mm -hmm. is really awesome that's one of the things i love about marvel and it's actually one of the things i really liked about the idea of black panther um when what's his name uh claw was killed and i was mm -hmm. like oh well that's a waste of a villain but at the same time it's was. like well he was the villain for t'chaka's black panther not for t'challa's black panther and i just like the idea that it was like a generational thing um and that we just saw the tail end of a generation kind of He'd just peter out in a Thunderbolts movie, if they were doing real wow, Thunderbolts with with real villains instead of these softy anti heroes, hey, <laughs> um, 
It is what it is. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, overall, it sounds like we were all pretty on board with it, had a good time. I understand why everyone compared it to Star Wars. It felt like a Star Wars God, universe yes, in a big way. Even the costumes looked Star yeah. Warsy. I like that. They really crap. did. It's a, I don't because I haven't liked the Star Wars recently. <laughs> and I, I like some of the alien much, creatures much they had. Like you had a, I forget his name, Chidi from. Yeah. The Good Place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was a great. Scene his character too. was so funny, and that, um, that, that kind of proves well it doesn't necessarily mean uh and william jackson harper doesn't mean that he can't be reed but there was a, a rumor or a fan casting for for him to be reed richard oh that would have been cool it would have been good he would have been good in that he's role not at least not not as of now <laughs> i mean there's no way they're gonna recast him after that and i like Sorry, that little the whole the, the whole creature that thing the way mm-hmm. it was designed the way it ran Vab. around i thought was really cool the way that they also drinking of the ooze made them hear english <laughs> drink the ooze dad was really fun yeah. um oh and what did y'all think of cassie cuz she inevitably she will be taking over the ant man the ant mantle um going like forward at some point what did you think i like her a lot um i don't know when what I don't know if we'll ever get to her actually taking it over. It seems like Why not? like avoiding young Avengers and stuff like that, which makes sense because all these young Avengers aren't young or it's like, they're, yeah, they're the, in the kid, early twenties. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Which is like, we don't want to watch a bunch of 10 from... to 12 year olds run around Nick. I know, but like, they're not even really much younger than their other counterparts, but I could see her being, yeah, definitely all being of, an all of the All of the, the older ones uh, are in their like 40s and 50s. Yeah, dude. Like, no, uh, every... well, they were all in their late 20s when they were cast. They were in like, they were like dude, edging on 40. Uh, None Downey of them were. Was, now they're Downey, edging on, Downey, on 40. Downey was older, both yeah. Norton and and uh, uh, Ruffalo older. The younger ones were only freaking uh, Johansson, Thor. who's in her mid-30s, pushing on 40. And uh, Evans, who was also uh, and Hemsworth, uh, and not Hemsworth when they started. was pretty young. I don't know. I guess they're late twenties or early thirties, and not early twenties. Yeah. But I could see her being in an Avengers movie. But I hope the rumor is true that they're doing another Ant Man with Paul Rudd. So it. speaking of, look, I have a couple of things to say. But one, um, I want to see. I'm interested to see Cassie interact with uh, the Hawkeye. I forget her name. Okay, uh, Bishop. Kate Bishop. Bishop, Kate Bishop, because I feel like their their personalities were kind of similar in terms of. I just would love that interaction between them, where they like are trying to bumble their way through things constantly, and then Yelena be like, "Guys, come on, let's just do yeah. things right." <laughs> I think that'd be some fun interaction there. Um, also, Paul Rudd is aging, guys. He, uh, I don't know he if finally he finally did. This, he finally looked a little. The end of it older. when they had those, yeah. Yeah. Those shots on his face, I was like, "Oh, he, he's he finally old. he finally looks like he's about he 40, out of, forty-five now." He ran out of the serum. Yeah, yeah he ran out of the like serum. He ran out of, so out of children's stone. blood. It's been, yeah, it's yeah. been harder to get virgin nun blood these days for some reason or another. <laughs> Fucking bastard, man. Anyways, uh, any last thoughts about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, or the fact that you know we're starting Phase Five? Is this a good start? For phase yes. five, mm-hmm. Nick, you think it is? Kyle, yes, yeah. Palette cleanser still has issues, but you know it's not the worst Marvel thing I've seen. Are you then, still interested in watching Marvel movies going forward, Kyle? Because I, I I listened to your your uh, your cup of genre the other day, yeah. and you were basically talking about if this isn't good, you're done. This here has kept it for what comes after Guardians. I'll see. Like I'm not out, so yeah, we'll we'll keep seeing. I don't have a lot of like uh, excitement for anything, and I still reserve the right to hop off the train at at any given moment. But uh, yeah, this was not a disappointment. So uh, I was gonna see Guardians three regardless because that's its own right. thing, um, and I hope that's a home run. But uh, yeah, I'll be seeing what's after that. The the Marvels. Oh God. I don't know. We'll have to see about the trailers, but I'll be I'll be watching the shows at least for for a bit. <laughs> I'm intrigued just before by we're done. I can't stress enough how good Jonathan Majors is as an actor compared to even Killmonger. Like he is just a good how good actor. <laughs> how 
dare you? Michael B. Jordan is a national treasure, sir. We get to see both of them in the same movie for the podcast later this spring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Creed 3. God, I'm still looking forward to that movie. Me too. Watch, you're going to see, you're going to be right, and he's going to be acting circles around Michael B. Jordan, and we're going to be like, oh, no. Didn't realize he was that <laughs> no. much better. And then I do love the ending where, just for a few moments, Paul Rudd, or uh, Scott Lang's like, wait, did I doom everyone to death? Is everyone going to die because oh, of me? I and then he's to, like, no, whatever. I have to ask Jammer about this, man. Did did not that that final, uh, or the... Uh, the post credit scene with um yeah the mid the mid one with all the kangs did that not just feel and look cheap like even the costumes i mentioned to, to nick part? like the the the, the, the council uh, of kangs the, where you have immortus yeah. you have iron lad slash silver guardian or centurion or whatever the yeah hell. i heard that sense that it might and be then, centurion um and then uh um ramu rama whatever the the egyptian version of kang when you had all of them did it not look like the the costume props of a Hollywood movies costume party scene like these they were not they were not like it looked like cheap it looked like expensive Halloween costumes is what I'm saying like like a mm-hmm. like a theme park tier Halloween costume it didn't look like a a an MCU costume I mean am I, am I crazy or did you just I mean like you're it not it crazy I just didn't pay that much attention to it um, to be honest I was it, too distracted thinking like because I was watching it and I was thinking oh my god that's so many Jonathan Majors they needed to costume <laughs> up and I was looking at all of them I'm like oh my god what a logistical nightmare I hate everything and then it ended so uh <laughs> I think my mind was elsewhere well, rather yeah, than actually at their costumes <laughs> all right you've been skeptical about Marvel because of phase four Go see a movie that does carry it forward and connects, and it's a lot of fun. And I, like I said, I think it continues the tradition of, like, this genre, I feel like, has never been tackled within the realm. Like, I guess space fantasy. Guardians. Uh, Guardians, <laughs> but it's a different kind of space fantasy. I don't know. It's really unique within the MCU and definitely worth it, despite what the ratings say. Just, just drink the juice, y'all. Drink I the actually goo. haven't listened or watched any people talking about critiques yet, so I'm interested to hear what their critiques are to the point where it, it is it's as bad it is as they say. It so is. meh, because I don't think anyone's been like, "This is a brutal." I don't know. I haven't read it, but what are they talking about? I don't know. It's critics, man. I don't know what they're talking. Critic about. gonna crick, crit. <laughs> All right. Any last words before we move on? No tubular. So let's talk about why you, I'm talking to you listening or watching this, are a horrible person. <laughs> I'm talking specifically about uh, Hogwarts Legacy, the movie, uh, the video game that <laughs> launched uh, last week, last Friday, to much fan acclaim and to much backlash simultaneously with many streamers being uh, yelled at for covering it. And it all stems from the author of the the original Harry Potter franchise, J.K. Rowling, who has uh, expressed in the past some uh, anti-trans sentiment and has since gone on to really double down on them. I mean, I don't know how about you, but I feel like there's there's no way to say, because before I could say like, well, I guess I can kind of see this. uh, But at this point, I'm like, okay, no, she seems to be on that bandwagon and is doubling down fairly hard on that when we covered this before it was more of like you and jonesy were like yeah i mean she could just mean you know she's just saying it because of this and this and now it's like yeah no she's super transphobic where she thinks everyone every male who's trans is uh doing it just to get into like women's locker rooms and stuff i don't think she said that explicitly no so I think it's I think it's very important that we make that clear. As a matter to of me, fact, the n- most things that she says is in defense of women, biological women, not really saying much about trans women or transgender generally. She does from time to time, but most of the time she talks about protecting things for uh, biological women, which so, is why she gets called a, a turf, which is a trans exclusionary mm-hmm. radical feminist, uh, because she is very, very pro woman, very, very uh, uh, pro feminist in, in mm-hmm. that traditional sense. So I would, I would want to remain cautious because the way I 
the the some of the way future for her is is she hasn't really been litigious. Is it that I use that? She hasn't litigated a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but you could see in the in the future that happening. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't word it the way you you had Nick. <laughs> so as we go into this talk, which will make it more interesting, I'm gonna compare her to the peer in uh, Glass Onion and say she's a piece of shit. So <laughs> okay, well. What I want to also mention, so with regards to her statements, you mentioned the the term turf, and I think that explains it fairly accurately. She has fought for women's rights her entire life, but in her mind, if you're a trans woman, you don't count. You're not a woman. What I fought for doesn't really apply to you. Would you say that's accurate, Kyle? Based on everything that she said, at at the the base function, yes, she has said that. Yeah. You know, of course, she supports equal treatment under the law she wants you know no one to be treated badly or be excluded she's not she's not anti-trans in the idea that trans people shouldn't exist or should be treated differently so it's it's a very nuanced conversation yes and no because also i know she talks about the specific quote-unquote women's rights should not apply to trans or women's rights the things that she fight for so for example and i might be completely off base here but like if she's fighting for I guess domestic abuse or like, you know, domestic shelters being taking in women. It doesn't sound like she would count trans women to be brought into that place. Into that same building. Yeah. She does. Yes. She does say things like that, but she is not saying that uh, domestic abuse doesn't happen to trans women and shouldn't, and that they shouldn't have a place to go. She's just saying you should also protect the women there and consider their feelings and and things like things like that so again it's very anyone can say anti this or against against that but you have to actually look at what's what each person is actually saying and nowhere is she demanding some sort of inferior treatment for trans people she again is just really really focused on protecting what she feels is a endangered class especially around males that generally or you know people with biological male uh uh chemicals are hormones and things like that uh are generally physically uh uh not inferior inferior is wrong word but you know what i'm saying less physically capable yeah. less less strong physically on, on the average equal right okay, and that's what she really seems to, <laughs> to focus saying that. on um I don't and, think he's saying that with the context. That brings up no, a whole other can, yeah, like, box, that is, can of worms there. That is a whole different different one. Um, but in in general, that's it. And and so many people kind of don't want to have that separation and 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 they want it to all be included. But there is some nuance there, and there there are things, and you do have to consider in a in a building like uh, uh, a shelter. Uh, you do have to consider what the other residents would feel. And if you have a shelter that, say, has 20 women from domestic abuse or, or uh, uh, various uh, uh, issues there, and 19 out of them say they feel uncomfortable with having someone that might have, say, still male parts or, or uh, hormones, I mean, do, do, their, do them in that, in, that, uh, in that situation, in that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, exposed, not exposed, uh, where you're insecure and where you're, oh, yeah, where you're that, uh, not I can't think of the word, but you know, when, when they're yeah. in that, that insecure and that exposed moment, what about their feelings as well? And that's one thing vulnerable. JK is constantly vul vulnerable. There's a good word. JK is constantly bringing up that aspect. And of course she's got her own, own opinions and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not attacking. I'm not defending. I'm just trying to lay out as much of the, the context as possible. It's yeah. a it's a very nuanced conversation that has a lot of layers that I don't think people on Twitter, especially Last because second. of look at look at how the uh, look at the uh, the reaction to the to the game. I mean, it's one of the best selling games, one of the most streamed games, one of the most watched games, search games. Like the people on Twitter that thought that this would would be able to be killed and died, yeah. they had their like world smashed into into pieces. That people really aren't in their bubble as much as they thought. And that kind of goes with some of the things that JK Rowling brings up about women in general. The while you might think that everyone's on this level, there's actually 10 levels below it and everyone's divvied up there. So 
Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I don't yes. remember the question, to be honest. But, you know, That's I think right. you made Neither some good I. points there. Um, personally, I still think that uh, I think she's... I think her... Personally, what she says feels anti-trans to me. But that kind of... Let's go ahead and move that aside and talk about Hogwarts' legacy itself. And the internet's desire to villainize over people playing it or streaming it. Nick, yes. what are your thoughts? I know you don't have Hogwarts legacy. I really, I really want are, it. You really, really want it. I do. Um, I'm waiting for the, the Xbox one release date or the switch release date. Cause they're staggered I, by waiting. a few months to make sure it works on those consoles. I'm waiting for the PS4 version myself as well. So like this, I'm definitely I want not I like Harry Potter. I want, want to play this game. <laughs> who's who's really going to be uh, taking a stand against it, I will say. But I think also the question here is, and we've talked about this before. And I've changed since we've talked about where it. Where do you draw the line between like saying, oh, I'm not going to watch this because of this or i'm not going to play this because of this political reason is it does it make you a bad person to want to play a video game or to watch something from somebody who is not just controversial but maybe and this is not necessarily the case with rolling abhorrent as a human being or somebody who you just who is just like maybe like roman polanski who kevin spacey or kevin spacey where do you draw the line? Um, so, Nick, tell us about where you were and where you now find yourself in that discussion. I used to be like, I remember I was even talking about where it's like, I don't want to do the next Fantastic Beast movie like because I shouldn't be giving her any money. I don't want to you know, watch The Flash because I shouldn't be giving Ezra Miller any money. Like, I don't think we should be, you know, dealing with any of these people. Um, to a point where I even switched from Spotify to Apple Music just because of Joe Rogan. Um, Apple Music is actually a way better service, but that's a different story. <laughs> switching, I found out. <laughs> but uh, but I've erased the line because I realized if I'm do like because at the same time as was brought up as I was saying that about these people where it's easier to cut it out. I'm like I'm still watching Rest Development, even though Jeffrey Tambor is very not sexually or physically abusive he's very abusive to the late jessica walters jennifer walters jessica walters who played uh um lucille one or you know liam neeson who had those racist comments about like he wanted to just go kill a black person after his sister was raped or whatever and now i'm like since i'm being i mean everyone does that where they're like i'm gonna pick and choose which one so i'm like eh I mean, with the exception of I would never see a brand new Kevin Spacey movie. Like, I would still well, stream a movie. With well, yeah, so didn't all really the yet. charges get dropped or withdrawn or settled? From out Kevin of, Spacey? Yeah, I don't think anything. No idea. He was, he was never convicted yet that, I, that I'm aware. No, I'm not saying that you don't have, I don't think so. have to. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But even him, like, I don't. I mean, I just, I don't know. There's just too much stink on him for me to want to see a new movie. Of his. And at the same fair. time, I, to be- I'd watch a movie that he on a streaming service of his, which gives him money. Um, what do you mean a streaming service? Does Kevin Spacey have a streaming service? No, I mean like I'd watch him in a movie that I don't. Own. I used to say I won't even watch oh. him in anything I don't own because he gets some money if you stream it. But it's like no, if there's a past I mean, Kevin Spacey library movies have already been paid for. So that's why like, I was wondering how it works like with those things. But if he watches a- it again, it could get renewed. It could more it could. likely to get renewed. Yeah, and you could be the, indirectly oh, responsible. Like that movie, we're gonna keep it. Yeah, but I uh, yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I've kind of erased the line, not completely, because I mean, this would I never happen anyway. Netflix but saying I, Netflix saying you've watched K Packs 170 times. What is wrong <laughs> with you? So it doesn't bother me. I'm not gonna say anyone who played the game is supporting anti-trans like agenda. I, mean, I'm not- I don't. Because that's what the article we read. There's a there's a lot of people online who are basically saying like you can't be an ally if you play. That was a quote from the article we're talking about. Like you can't even be an ally if you're gonna go buy Hogwarts Legacy. Because there's also something I'd never really thought of before is that it's she's not the only one making residuals off her movies or off her games or whatever. Like there's a lot of other people getting paid because of what she did, whether it be in the movies, Daniel Radcliffe, 
or the many good directors who worked on that franchise or the game. A lot of developers make residuals off of it, or at least the higher ups. So yeah, like why punish everyone? And I can't just pick it. I don't want to just pick and choose because it's easier for me to quit Harry Potter than it is for me to quit Arrest Development. So yeah, the line's kind of erased for me. I'm not going to go calling people something because they see a movie or play a game that's related to a, a bad person. And especially what helped make me realize that is the Flash trailer, which I was like, we should skip the Flash because he's so terrible. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to see this movie. I'm a hypocrite. I'm getting rid of that line. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to think you don't have to say like the line is gone now. It's completely gone. You're allowed to take a stand where you want. And you're allowed to express that. I think what it comes down to is is and I, and once again this is like me I don't want to make a blanket statement cuz for example if there's some point down the line if there's someone whose behavior is so bad where I'm like no I, we shouldn't be supporting that like I I'll probably be a hypocrite in that regard but um I'm trying to find this quote from the article um specifically like James Franco I probably wouldn't see a new movie from him but it's not going to stop me from buying or watching an old movie for him from him so here's the quote that says if you buy hogwarts legacy because you're excited to play it you aren't transphobic if you boycott the game you're not a bad person if you call someone transphobic for buying the game you're an asshole if you if you say you're buying to piss off libs you're an asshole too um i think that is i think that's solid i think that i agree with that and stream it for the clicks That's the only oh, reason for, for the clicks for outrage clicks. I'll no, say no, you're no, an no, asshole. not, not, okay. not, not <laughs> outrage. Just the clicks for anyone that wants to watch positive, negative, hate, like doesn't matter. You're, you're just a content whore and you'll do anything for clicks. I mean, I would say there's some <laughs> asshole tendencies probably because, you know, for me, I wouldn't want to play it like, Oh, I'm, you know, I want everyone to join, including the, the freaking, the, the assholes who are transphobic, the real assholes. Transphobic assholes. I don't want them to be part of my audience. But if you're just like, no, all comers come to my stream, I would be like, okay, there's there's a little bit of enabling there, <laughs> uh, personally. But anyways, I I'm struggling to find. And I know Jonesy has said this in the past, but when you're a person of color, there's you don't have to, there's there's not a lot of stuff you can really consume mm-hmm. with that lens point. of if it offends yeah. me or if it if it's bad then we can't watch it. Like it's they said, just... when I switched to spot up, I mean, to Apple or it's like, well, about all the other artists that are on both services mm-hmm. that should outrage you. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Like I, I've, 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 I've settled down. I've calmed down about the whole thing. It's all yeah, case it, by case. You got to have case by uh, case. And it matters. You know, you know does like, convictions you know, of a either. specific crime matter more than accusations for me in general? I'm, I'm a big fan of innocent until proven guilty especially considering how often people are even proven guilty wrongly. Um, There are times where, of course, overwhelming evidence, videotapes and things like that can help solidify an an opinion before. Um, But I'm also a a lot more, uh, I'm a lot more live and let live and a lot more of a, of a, uh, um, what do you, what would, what would you say? Uh, I see a lot of, like I said, the layers, like I see so much of the nuance and I can't just, I can't just draw Ogres one everywhere. line. Uh, yeah. And basically. there is, there is a line, I guess, like I stopped listening to Kanye and R Kelly completely because I don't know. So there's some lines but... hits the playlist every now and then, man, I let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great song. I stopped listening. I removed that from my playlist. <laughs> Jammer yourself these few minutes we have left uh these few minutes we have left i think that i understand where people are coming from but yeah for me it's also one of those things where i'm like yeah i get i get your desire for trans rights and they you know trans people trans women are women trans men are men i totally support that but it's also one of those things where it's like it's i don't know it is it is difficult to look back at a lot of things and be like oh i'm not gonna watch that if you don't like how they portray or how they treat a person of color and to just rule those out completely i don't know it just seems like a very privileged position to come from where it's like mm-hmm. this particular thing we're not going to do because of this particular thing and we a lot of people like jonesy or myself don't necessarily have that same privilege 
And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Um, and like, it's not her first offense. I mean, like, no, there's, don't there's get me stuff wrong. in the Rowling, books and the movies me, where it's like, oh, that's pretty racist. <laughs> well, that's the but, thing it is, but because it wasn't necessarily against, you know, people um, in a position of privilege against the, it, it was against, you know, Asian person or a black person Jews or people. Jewish people. Yeah. Like those, it has never been, oh, uh, you know, just a normal, normal's in the right word, just like a, what you would, the, the, a straight white person has been offensive. <laughs> it's not been that, and therefore there hasn't been much controversy surrounding it. And only looking back do people go like, oh, that was effed up. It's like, yeah, it kind of was. It was definitely effed up. Uh, but we let it go and they still don't seem to have a problem with letting it go currently because of this anti-trans thing. That's again, a lot of nuance. Cool. I don't know. I can do a quick, uh, Picard review before we, we bow out like super quick. Uh, do we need, do we need a Picard review? I mean, review? really? <laughs> For that Star Trek minutes. tag, yo. Yeah, I liked no, it. It was very enjoyable. I can't okay. wait to watch more. There it's like go. my Spider-Man comments last week where we I'm had to jump to the Fast X trailer. And I'm like, <laughs> as well as uh, at least, uh, you know, Sony's involved, but Chris Miller and Phil um, Lord are involved. Mark so. this as final Boom. thoughts. <laughs> Still going to tag it. Yes, you know. It won't matter. It won't be enough in the script for it to matter. No. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Of course, we're not the only podcast here on the Genreverse Podcast Network. We have Marvel Multiverse Mayhem, where you can hear Nick and Kyle continue or discuss different thoughts about Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. You can we check have a fresh out daily review for that. Ta- daily Cup of Genre. You can check out uh, AVR and AVR Squared, and the Cantina, which is our Star Wars podcast. Um. Yeah, where can people find you, Kyle? Uh, on all the videos here on Genreverse now that I've been on this this one. Uh, <laughs> at that Kyle Malone on Twitter. Where can they find you, Nick? At Geeky Nick Doll on Twitter, and I've been trying to use my Instagram for stupid shit. Okay, it took me a long time to process that. I was so that's sure also at Geeky Nick Doll. There you go. I keep I was it across like, the platform. I would love to keep it across the platform, but it's not always possible. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AJ Cerno Writer. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week when we cover the next Cocaine episode. Bear. I want to do Cocaine Bear. But we, we don't know. We haven't decided yet, Nick. I'm deciding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and with that, hasta lasagna. Don't get don't in the get anya. In the anya. Mission Impossible. Bah. <laughs>